Hello and welcome. This is Christianity, the backstory. Looking between the lines of church history and the New Testament. The last episode was an edited version of an interview with the Reverend of St Andrew's Presbyterian Church here in Newcastle, Australia. Tim kindly agreed to answer some questions, giving a Christian perspective on things, and he's the only Christian leader so far who's been willing to do so. In answer to the question, what is Christianity? One of the first things that Tim said was that Jesus is the Messiah of Israel. Christ being the Greek translation of the word Messiah. So he went straight for a connection with Jewish tradition and prophecy. So Christ is a Christian concept, and the Reverend gave us an outline of its meaning, quite fitting for a Christian leader to be the one to explain this. But he implied that Christ and Messiah are essentially the same thing, the same word and supposedly the same concept. So for the Reverend, when he describes the Christian concept of Christ, he is also describing the concept of Messiah, which is a Jewish concept. This is a strong claim. It's a claim that has been echoed through history, preached from the pulpit with resounding repetition down through the centuries. From the days of empire through the Middle Ages and the Enlightenment and into the modern world, coming from the time when these ideas about Jesus were first formulated and popularised. When Tim says that Jesus was the Messiah of Israel, he's saying that this explains his role or purpose. We can look to this concept of Messiah to understand Jesus. But in saying this, he's not saying we should look to the Jewish concept of Messiah, either now or in the first century or previous to that. He's saying we should look to the Christian concept of the Jewish Messiah, which is the Christ concept established by the Christian Church. He pointed out some passages in the Hebrew Bible that work with this concept, and parts of Isaiah 53 do fit very well. But here are two huge assumptions in the Christian claim here. Number one, the Christian church nailed it. They were absolutely right about Jesus. The meaning they attached to the term Christ should be attached to our understanding of the man, because whatever the church formulated and published about Jesus must be true. And number two, the Christ concept is what the Jewish Messiah was always meant to be. These assumptions are all starting points for the Christian But the true starting points are not with the Christian church. The true starting points are Jewish. In the first century, an earnest inquirer who wanted to know about the concept of Messiah would have talked to a Jew. And if that inquirer wanted to find out about Jesus, they would have sought out his followers, who were predominantly Jewish. So it seems fitting that we should talk to a Jewish rabbi about Messiah and about the claims of Christianity. This being the direction things were going, and I inquired with the synagogue here in Newcastle. There was an interested response, but I ended up being declined there. So I looked further afield, and I inquired with the great synagogue in Sydney, and I'm pleased to say I'll be interviewing a rabbi there in this episode. Of course, we know that the reverend and the rabbi are going to disagree, The Reverend knows that the Rabbi's concept of Messiah is very different to his concept of Christ. They are totally different now, and they were totally different when the first Christian church was planted. 
Christians are generally aware of this, and Tim was clearly well-versed in the historical framework of what he was saying. I've also found him to be a man of character and integrity. I recently texted him about the interview with the rabbi, saying, I was wanting to talk to you about an interview I'm doing with a rabbi of the Great Synagogue in Sydney. I'd like to have him respond to your statements about the Messiah, and I want to make sure you'll be happy with the way I present it. Tim responded with, yep, no problem, happy to hear it. I imagine that I'll always be slightly frustrated and I'll always think of something else, but the podcast is not about me winning you or your rabbi over, so I suspect I'll just have to eat humble pie, unless, of course, you want me to respond. I don't know if you meant to say your rabbi, but I haven't met the rabbi before, nor have I been involved in Judaism. He might have the impression that me and the rabbi will be ganging up on him. It'll be tempting. I am finding the Jewish perspective very interesting. I've been listening to some podcasts by other rabbis, and they do have quite a lot on their side of this argument, so I know what side I'd be on if my life depended on it but I will be just the one asking the questions. So I found Tim's willingness for his words to be used in this discussion refreshing, and I'll be doing my best to use them in a way that is in context and fitting with the flow of logic, the object being to work out what Christianity is based on. Okay, so I'm here at the Great Synagogue in Sydney with Rabbi Philip Kaplan. Hi, Phil. Hi, how are you? Good, thank you. Thanks for agreeing to the interview. I really appreciate that you've put aside the time to do this. Um, it's quite something for me to be here. It's a bit of a milestone for me to be coming to a synagogue and to be talking to a rabbi. And it's fascinating for me to see where this will go. Um, this is different to the first interview I did, which was with a Presbyterian reverend. Mm-hmm. Uh, there I was interviewing a Christian, and having a Christian background, I knew the answers to the questions. I mean, I didn't know where he was going to go with it, but I knew I knew the answers, so it was quite different. Here, I've got a very vague understanding of Judaism. I know some basics, but really I don't know what the answers will be, so mm-hmm. it's really interesting, and yeah, the, the questions will be more genuine in that sense. Well, thank you, Elliot, for, for uh, inviting me, for asking me to be on your podcast, um, and it's a pleasure to meet you and to have a conversation with you. Thank you. Um, so I'm here as an ex-Christian, someone who spent many years as a believer in the Christian church and its ideas about a Jew known as Jesus. It's the church that I don't believe in anymore. And I think from experience, Christians generally know very little about the Jewish perspective, even though Christianity makes such great claims of connection to a Jewish heritage. What do you think about how Christianity calls the Hebrew Bible the Old Testament? Hmm. Well, for us, uh, obviously, it's the, the, the Testament, <laughs> not, not old or new. It's just the, 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 the Torah, the first uh, five books of the Bible, um, or the, is the word of, of God uh, written by Moses that God communicated to Moses. And that is the only uh, core text, um, written text, at least originally, that is... Uh, directly from God. Um, we also have an oral tradition directly from God that was passed, transmitted to Moses and, and then to the elders and so on. But for us, there is no New Testament. Um, I think maybe some Jewish people would, 
would find the term New Testament uh, to be offensive. I it doesn't bother me. I think I I'm I'm comfortable with other people having uh, different beliefs, and um, I understand why maybe some people would feel that way. That it maybe says something that that it's uh, superseded or replaced uh, our tradition and our uh, divine text, and how that could be uh, possibly offensive. But I think that's fine. I don't agree. <laughs> um, but but I'm I'm comfortable with you know Christian people having their um, own uh, belief and uh, feeling about this additional text. Okay, cool. Um, do you have another name for the New Testament? That's a good question. Not that I know of. Not that I know of. There might be some kind of uh, colloquialism or some, some, some term um, to refer to it in certain Jewish circles, or maybe there's a, a word in Hebrew or Yiddish to describe that, you know, I, but I'm not familiar with one. Okay. Um, we'd maybe just say the Christian Bible. We wouldn't say the New Testament, most likely, in, in conversation would say, or the Christian New Testament, maybe the way they, you know, maybe to like make it clear mm. that it's something separate or other, or maybe just the Christian Bible or something like that, I think, mm. um, as to, to not potentially disparage our text to yeah. any extent. So, okay. um, but no, no specific term I can think of. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm interested in the terminology. And if I use the wrong terminology referring to, to your traditions, let me know. Okay. <laughs> um, what name do you use to refer to the man Christians call Jesus Christ? Ah, so, okay, so um, there are some different opinions or ideas of um, that maybe, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the Talmud, that's our, uh, the commentary and discussions and deriving law from our oral tradition and invoking sometimes the, uh, the written tradition as well, but, but it's centuries of commentary between rabbis, between uh, 200 and 500 that was compiled. So in the Talmud, there's someone that some scholars and rabbis think um, is referring to uh, uh, Jesus, that it says uh, Yeshu, and uh, that maybe that that's the character that they're referring to when certain stories in the Talmud. But other than that, um, I don't know. I don't know of an, another uh, name. I think there's there's like maybe some terminology used. Um, there's no like official appropriate way of. Uh, I think I think there's people that would say be uncomfortable saying. Uh, Jesus Christ, because of the implications yeah. of that, of that name. But yeah. it's also, I think, um, if you're referring, you're referring to a, you know, a historical figure. It's okay to call him by the uh, popular name. But, yeah. but I understand, you know, there's also discomfort because of maybe the implication yeah. of inherent in that name. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Right. How is he understood within Judaism? Um, I think. I, th I, th I think I'll just probably answer for myself because I think a lot of Jewish people would give a, a different answer. And I don't think there's a clear one answer. I think there's a lot of also just like um, kind of non-interest maybe amongst a lot of uh, Jewish people. Yeah. It's just like that's like their thing. That's another thing. It's it's separate from us. But um, my understanding is that it sounds like he was obviously Jewish. Mm -hmm. um, it sounds like he was a rabbi of sorts, that he was someone who was, who was teaching Judaism and, and learned and that uh, either of his own doing or of the people that, that followed him who were disciples or who were um, later generations who had heard the story of him took him to be uh, uh, more than just that, more than just a, a teacher, um, but to be something divine, which is not within the realm of uh, Jewish theology to attribute divinity to a human being. Mm -hmm. So it seems like, it seems like yeah, like I said, of his own doing or of, of other people's doing. Um, someone who was uh, misunderstood throughout history to be more than, than, than what he was or something other than what he was to be mm. uh, um, 
godlike or god in some you know human manifestation of god in some way that we don't believe um that we don't believe is is uh the way god presents himself in the world not what jesus was um in the jewish perspective yeah so i think that's the understanding of someone who who was maybe who meant well who was trying to to teach and 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 do good and uh through whatever uh process throughout throughout history became something something else and turned into a different faith altogether yeah do you think maybe because Jesus became, or Yeshu became such a an icon of the Christian Church, do you think Judaism has therefore chosen not to uh, pay attention to him historically, as a Jew and as a Jew who was teaching a certain message that wasn't necessarily what the Church says he was teaching? Quick, can you say that again? I'm sorry. Do you think Judaism has veered away from paying attention to Jesus historically? Because the Christian Church took him as an icon of Christianity. Mm. So, uh, in other words, do you think, like, if that hadn't had happened, if he hadn't had uh, been uh, put on this, uh, you know, in, in this level or this by the Christian Church, maybe Judaism would uh, regard his teachings differently? You mean, yeah. or or maybe yeah. it would be a part of the canon to a certain extent? Yeah, because um, I, I see the teaching of Jesus is quite different to what the Church teaches about him. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's more Jewish. I, I don't. I don't think so. I think it seems like pretty either during the course of his life, um, even or shortly after that he was uh, clearly outside the realm of Jewish uh, theology. Yeah. That that seemed to happen uh, rather early on, before he was made into a godlike figure, or before he yeah. was, you know, iconized. Or mm-hmm. um, so I think. Um, I don't think that there, under different circumstances, he would be more part of uh, Jewish tradition or, or the canon. Yeah. I think he was written out pretty early on. But but it might have had an effect had he not been had he not been regarded as as God in some way, maybe maybe his voice would have been more tolerated mm. um, in the Jewish uh, tradition and in history. Yeah. Okay. Um, I've, I've been to a Jewish synagogue before. Mm-hmm. Um, well I've been to a synagogue before and I think it might have been this one. I know it was in Sydney. And it was probably 15, 20 years ago. And I came out of curiosity. And it was, yeah, at the time I was wanting to speak to people. I wanted to get an idea of um, what uh, Judaism was about. And I might have identified myself as a Christian. And um, I came away with no, being none the wiser. It was sort of hard for me to engage with people. I, I felt like people were looking sideways at me. Mm. Um which I understand. That sort of atmosphere, that, that environment was interesting. Um, the relationship between Judaism and Christianity is so loaded uh, historically. What's gone down is hard to fathom. But I'd like to look at the ideological side of this relationship. I wonder if you could tell us about um, the feeling towards Christians in regards to what they believe. Uh, the initial thoughts or impression when a Christian walks into a synagogue. Hmm. Well, I hope if, if you felt um, uncomfortable or not welcome in a synagogue, I hope it wasn't our synagogue. <laughs> I, hope, I hope that you know that um, anyone who comes in and who's respectful and who's not looking to, you know, if someone comes from a different faith and who's, they're not, as long as they're not looking to proselytize or, and they just want to observe our services and, and you know, they're, they're respectful and, and, and um, they should, should be welcomed here and uh, able to, to um, observe um, that's totally a fair thing, um, and I want you to know that if you would like to, <laughs> you can anytime uh, come to a service. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so the Jewish perspective of just on a Christian person or Christian yeah, theology? Just the, sort of the general feeling towards the Christian position, what Christians believe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I would hope that um, I myself try to do this, and I hope that you know the rest of the Jewish community would treat people as as individuals. Um, uh, so give someone you know that respect and get to know them before making any judgment based on one aspect of their identity or their their values or you know uh, or their belief. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there obviously is uh, there's historical factors of uh, there's a history of we're, we're not a faith that that proselytizes. So there's a mm-hmm. kind of um, uh, trepidation around or, or, or feeling of discomfort, you know, uncomfortable feeling around mm-hmm. faiths that do have, um, idea of, of proselytizing. And there's also yeah. a history of, uh, of, um, of violence and, and tension between the, the, thank God it's been a very long time. Yeah. Um, so that, that the, I think there's been a lot of healing in the last, uh, a few decades. Um, mm-hmm. maybe, you know, the, the Vatican II and that kind of, that was a, um, is that the right uh, name of the the meeting? Yeah, I'm not Catholic, so. Okay, yeah, I know, I know, but that, yeah, I think that the the the, uh, the, um, the meeting in the '60s of the Catholic Church and discussing different approach to relationship with Judaism had a yeah. big impact, I think, on yeah. on other religions as well. Um, yeah. uh, relationship with Judaism and Jewish people. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think I think uh, so. There's the, there's the historical um, tensions and violence that I think is still a part of the Jewish memory. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the, uh, fear or, or just discomfort around, uh, proselytizing mm-hmm. and feeling like you're trying to be changed or someone doesn't res- have respect, um, for your faith and beliefs, yeah. um, which I think, you know, makes people upset. Um, and then I think there is, um, a feeling of, of, uh, that, you know, this religion that came from, uh, our religion, yeah. um, the, the, there is some kind of like like theological, um, of course, there's a theological disagreement about the, the figure of Jesus and about Christian theology. So I think there's that aspect as well. So I would say this: those three parts yeah. would be the the history, the the proselytizing, and then the, the theological differences. Yeah. Um, but in terms, but like I said, like in terms of how you should respect and, and interact with an individual, you should welcome someone who wants to be respectful and learn about your tradition and. Yeah. Um, we do, we have tours all the time here and we have sometimes have religious schools or religious groups of, um, I did a tour last month for like a, a group of kids from a, a Muslim high school. Um, mm-hmm. so we always welcome, uh, people here who want to learn about our tradition and our community. Oh, great. Okay. When I came here, if, if it was this synagogue, it wasn't like I wasn't welcomed or didn't feel welcome. It might've been more my own, uh, weariness or mm. lack of understanding. Could have been both. Yeah. yeah. I think there is a lot of, uh, lack of understanding. Uh, certainly, I know there is on the Christian side. Yeah. Having come from that. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, okay. This podcast is about Christianity. So I started with the question, what is Christianity? And it's hard. It's a really hard question to answer, I've found. So I took the question to the reverend of a Christian church in Newcastle, a man I've gained a lot of respect for, Tim Ravenhall. And in answering the question, he went straight to the idea that Jesus is the Messiah of Israel. The more I thought about this claim he had made, the more I realised that it doesn't make sense to move on until this is addressed. He'd appealed to the Jewish Messiah and explained it as the Christ of Christianity. So how do you say the word Messiah in Hebrew? Moshiach. Moshiach. Okay. 
Uh, the idea with this podcast is to follow a logical progression to establish what seems to be true using critical thinking and not starting with assumptions. It seemed the next logical step would be to request an interview with a rabbi. So I'm here to get a Jewish perspective on this Christian claim. Hmm. So what would you say in response to the Reverend? Um, so, so that is a, a big theological difference and um, one that's very difficult to reconcile with, with Jewish theology. Um, according to Jewish theology, this is, there's no way um, Jesus could have been the Messiah um, because of not fulfilling uh, the requirements that it would need to be um, based on our traditional understanding. Of course, there's within Judaism, there's different opinions about what the Messiah and the Messianic age what that'll look like, what that means. Um, just just by fact of Judaism very much being a, a religion that's concerned in, in the present, concerned with um, what are you doing now, your behavior, the keeping of the mm-hmm. commandments, um, that we don't look tor- so much towards um, uh, like heaven or what, what is to come. We, 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 you know, there's, there's ideas about it, there's philosophy and, and theology, it's much written about it, but because it's a, you know, there's one aspect that it's because it's a religion so rooted in in, in what you do now in this world. Mm. Um, but, but yeah, the, there's a few, there's a few things that, um, uh, a few variables of our, uh, messianic conception that just don't, uh, reconcile with, um, Jesus. So one would be that, um, you know, the Jewish Messiah won't be a God at all. Um, it's someone who, who is, uh, working in, in partnership with God, who's leading the people, who's both like a teacher and a um, national leader, but in no way is is God is is a deity in any way. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a huge difference. That that it's just not part of our tradition that a, a Messiah has any God God like qualities. Mm-hmm. Uh, another difference would be uh, that the Messiah has to. Um, we say that during the Messianic age, the the bring the Jewish people to the to Israel and 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 uh, establish a, um, Jewish nation there. And um, will be a teacher of of the law, that um, it'll be you know like a, a better time of or people are, are know God well, um, so we still live in a we still very much I think live in a in a, in a broken world in which there's still so many uh, problems so much suffering so many problems between human beings so that aspect of the messianic vision of a of a better world where people have the knowledge of God where there's no more violence and uh, um, that hasn't come true either. Yeah. So because of those things, it just doesn't reconcile with Jewish theology that there could be, that that is, that the figure of Jesus is anything like what our conception of, of the Messiah is. Yeah, okay. Interesting what you were saying before about uh, your belief is in regards to what people do, what you do is important. Mm-hmm. And for Christians, that's true as well. But I think the main difference that I can see essentially between Judaism and Christianity just in regards to what it means in people's lives and what people are taught, is that it seems Judaism is more about what you do mm-hmm. and Christianity is about what you think. Mm-hmm. That's just my, that's what I think. Is, I think, is a really good I think both have aspects of both, but I think in general that you're correct, that, that um, there's more of a focus, I think. Both, I think, are concerned with what you do and what you think, but, but Judaism is definitely more focused on what you do. Yeah. Um, there is um, a, like a Jewish tradition of, of like what are the beliefs that make up a, an observant Jewish life, or what should a uh, you know believing and and um, observant Jew 
what, what are some fundamental principles of belief. We do have that idea. Yeah. Um, but in general, we're concerned, are you, are you following the law? Are you uh, keeping all of God's commandments, um, having that relationship with God, um, keeping, having a certain type of home, um, behaving in a certain way in your relationships with other people? Mm. That, yeah, behavior um, is more central. Yeah. Okay. Um, the main thing I wanted to get at was the um, concept of Messiah, because um, the reason for this interview is because uh, the Reverend made that claim. With that question and mm -hmm. the response that you're giving from the Jewish perspective, I'd like to sort of see if we can take it back to the first century. So I'll read from Mark chapter 8, verse 27 of okay. the New Testament. Uh, so it says, Jesus and his disciples went on to the villages around Caesarea Philippi. On the way, he asked them, who do people say I am? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah and still others, one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, who do you say I am? Peter answered, you are the Christ. Jesus warned them not to tell anyone about him. So the word Christ here is translated, is a translation of the word Messiah or Mashiach. Hmm. As a first century Jew, what do you think Peter meant when he said, you are the Mashiach? And I know you've answered, already answered the question, but yeah, just Take it back to that time and place. I think was, I think he meant what um, I think he meant that he thought that that Jesus was going to be the Jewish conception of the Messiah, um, which has throughout history there's been um, many. Uh, first of all, you know throughout throughout the millennia of Jewish history, Jewish people have been longing for that Messianic age, for longing for the Messiah to come in the world to be uh, redeemed. Um, so it's a it's a very uh, common trope in in uh, Jewish history and tradition that there's times of uh, messianic fervor. There's times of thinking someone is a potential messiah. Mm. Um, one of the more famous ones I don't know if you've heard of Shabbatai Tzvi, mm. who was um, a very famous uh, false messiah of, uh, in Jewish history, um, who created so much fervor that people started selling all their things and moving to Israel. And mm. this is this is many hundreds of years ago. I don't know the exact date. But that, that created that kind of sentiment of people so excited that it was coming, um, and, it, and it didn't turn out to be. So I think, I think um, Peter probably meant that he, he thought that uh, Jesus had the potential to be that figure, um, that the time was going to uh, come of the Messianic age, and, and he was going to be the one to help usher it in. He certainly didn't mean, um, if he was still, uh, you know, considered himself um, uh, Jewish and of the Jewish tradition at this point, um, which I, I assume he probably did, um, they probably all considered themselves to be Jewish at this point, or were, were a part of the Jewish community. Yeah, so, um, yeah. so I would imagine that um, there's no way that Peter meant that he thought he was God. Mm. Um, he meant that he thought he was this this um, non-deity, but leader figure who's going to help usher in the messianic age. Mm. Who's going to be that figure who who leads that yeah. um, into being. Okay, so for them, as a group who were moving around Judea and Galilee, what was the prospect for them uh, in this regard? If Jesus was the Mashiach? Did it mean that um, the Romans were going to be uh, taken out of the picture in regards to... Oh, I think, the I think that, 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 the, that the Jews would prevail over that struggle. Of, of they, would, yeah. they would prevail over any oppression. Yeah. Um, that they would be able to um, live freely, all the Jewish people in their ancestral yeah. homeland. Yeah. That, um, that, that he would be uh, teaching and leading the people. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. 
Yeah. Do you think it's possible that the Christ concept, the idea that Jesus came to die as a sacrifice for sins, could have been held by Peter or Jesus as Jews? Is it possible? Is it possible? Um, again, I would say that that's not um, an aspect of the traditional conception of, of Messiah in, in Judaism. So if so, um, it was something um, not uh, like like atypical of the of that traditional idea of, of the Messiah that mm. that there's no um, part of that in, in uh, that I'm familiar with in Jewish tradition of, it, of the Messiah having any role in um, redeeming people of sins or, or anything like that mm. so okay. so maybe they did but it was outside of the normative theology yeah okay for the culture I was brought up in the idea of Christ dying for sins sounds right and it's still hard for me to question it this one really takes me over the line because for the Christian, it's absolutely necessary to think that it's true. Mm. So for a lot of my friends and even family, um, me questioning or thinking that this concept may not be true means I'm in, you know, I'm in danger mm -hmm. and I'm a threat to others if I suggest that we should question this. So it's, yeah, it's really central, absolutely central for a Christian and for the Christian belief system and the story that the church has put forward. So it's about God's justice. You don't get in without believing it. That is, you don't go to heaven, you don't go to be with God if you don't believe it. What does the Jewish understanding of God make of this arrangement when you consider uh, the Jewish perception of God and how he deals with human beings? Mm -hmm. um, what do you think about this Christian idea? That the the, the, the idea that there's a certain belief you have to hold in order to have uh, uh, a place in heaven. Not that just you got to think of a certain idea, but um, that God's justice demands that someone be sacrificed. Oh, so to so, pay for your sins. Yeah, so I think I said earlier that that's not something I'm familiar with having any um, roots in in normative Jewish theology uh, yeah. or tradition. Yep. That the idea of of, of someone else. Um, dying for sins. I mean, there is like, there is kind of a, an interesting parallel with like the, the temple sacrifices, right? That there were, like we just had our holiday of Yom Kippur yeah. <clears throat> yeah. and Yom Kippur in, in the time when the temple still stood up until 70 um, of the common era um, was a day where the, the, the high priest would put the sins of the Jewish people onto this animal before it was sacrificed, yeah. right? So there is that um, kind of, uh, parallel that mm. is, is interesting. I'm sure people have written papers about that. Um, yeah. But in terms of that being an aspect of the Messiah, no, there's no mm. um, yeah. tradition of that that I'm aware of. Okay. So um, you, you would say that it's not attached to Messiah, but the concept of um, an innocent dying for the sins of a person, that is in Judaism. Is that what you're saying? Mm, well, first of all, definitely not a human being, not, right. not an innocent human being. Um, I was saying that there may be is some kind of parallel that, that people derive this idea for Jesus from maybe um, the parallel of, it's not the, the animal sacrifice dies for your sins, it's that there's an idea of um, specifically with, with the, this is like temple sacrifices, so this is, yeah. it's been 2,000 years, yeah. <laughs> but that, the, um, that the, the sins of the person you would, would be like placed onto the animal and it's kind of mm -hmm. a substitute. Yeah. Um, that's, that's so that... Yeah, so that so that was that's a part of like that the the temple service, yeah. but is not a, there's no parallel that I'm aware of in the messianic idea. Yeah, I understand. Um, yeah, yeah. So the messianic idea, 
there's no connection there. But in regards to the sacrifices of animals, there is... Uh, Maybe a, a parallel. Yeah, a, that's a interesting. Parallel. So Christianity sees Jesus as the, the ultimate sacrifice. Yeah. The, the sacrifice to end sacrifices. So, but, so, but so, so, so Judaism, from as early as the, as the story of Abraham and Isaac, right, um, a common interpretation of that story is that, is that you think of the, the ancient Mesopotamian world um, and all of the religions that existed there, that it did involve human sacrifice. And that's, yeah. that's Judaism and, and our God putting metaphorical foot down <laughs> and saying that we don't do uh, human sacrifices um, in our religion. So I think there's, there's a deep history and, and tradition within Judaism of we are not, we don't sacrifice human beings. It's not a, a part of our tradition. It's not, um, so, so I think there's a, there's a big dissonance there. Yeah. Of, uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. What we have about Jesus has been presented to us by the, the Christian church. Yes. Because of the, the um, environment of the time, the church had absolute control over literature, what, what survived, what didn't. There's, there's so much reason to believe that they were getting rid of documents and that what has come down to us is only what they um, published. And I mean, not entirely, but there's a lot of reason to believe that a lot of stuff was you know, made to disappear. And all we have about Jesus is it's almost all Christian. So it's their interpretation of this Jewish man. Mm -hmm. So what I'm sort of getting at is it's quite possible that this movement um, was, you know, very different to what the, the Christian church has portrayed it to be because all we have is their documents. Now, I believe the stories about Jesus have preserved a lot of his genuine teaching. But you know, I can see clearly myself when I look at the documents that they've been written by people who weren't Jews who were anti-Semitic in some places. And so my personal interest is, what was that Jewish movement like? And if Judaism has rejected Jesus because of what the Christian church has said about him and how they've turned him into this icon and this um, sacrifice for sins, um, what about if you look at his mission in regards to what he actually taught without the Christian church's edition of this concept? Is there a genuine story in there that was passed on by word of mouth and then later on written down by the Gentiles, like a, a story that was originally Jewish? And I know this yeah. is not your I'm expertise, sorry, I don't know. but I'm just, I don't know, that's yeah. what I'm getting at. I think there's things that are, again, I'm not so familiar with the, with the, uh, um, the text, but I think there are things that's, that Jesus himself would have said that are outside of the realm of, like, like that um, something about the... Uh, belief being more important than uh, certain observance of certain commandments, which is, that's not a, a normative Jewish perspective. So already I think he was saying before, before whatever, um, maybe like, you know, kind of corruption or change to his word mm -hmm. happened um, because of the church or whatever, um, you know, the course of history later on, um, I think already from what he was saying himself, that there were things that were outside the realm of, of normative Jewish theology. Yeah, okay. Um, have you heard of groups called the Nazarenes or Ebionites? Are they familiar terms? Um, no. no. Okay. Um, what makes a person a Jew? Um, so there's two ways. Uh, one is being born from a Jewish mother. So it's not any, that's not anything about, about belief. Once again, right? That's about um, a very uh, straightforward uh, biological <laughs> reality. Mm -hmm. um, so being born from a Jewish woman or converting. So converting is a process... Uh, there's a few steps. So, you know, in, in modernity, that w there's like a, a course you could take or 
lessons. Um, so it usually takes about a year to two years um, to convert in terms of all the learning. And then the, the final process would be um, for males, um, circumcision, if you haven't done that already. And then um, for males and females to have uh, uh, mikvah, so uh, going to a, a, a fresh body of water um, and immerse, immersing. Um, and that, along with accepting the theology and the practice, um, is how uh, one converts. So it's either being born from a Jewish woman, and then you're Jewish whether you like it or not, mm -hmm. you're born Jewish, and or you uh, convert um, through this process. Mm. Okay. Uh, okay, I just finished with this one. Mm -hmm. In Judaism, is God angry with us in regards to um, you know our position before Him and, and with, with uh, Christians? You mean with uh, with who's uh, us? In your, sorry. What do you mean is angry oh, with us? us? Oh, anybody like people. Is God angry with us? Yeah. Um, I think that's an interesting question. I, that that's, is one, um, you know, it says in the Bible that God is slow to anger, but mm. but there is, uh, you know, there's there's examples of, of God, um, whatever, you know, to, to whatever degree you can associate uh, these words that we use for human emotions with God, mm. but um, being angry or disappointed or frustrated with the Jewish people, that's very common theme in the in, in our Bible um, that that God wants the Jewish people to, to observe his law and to be close to him to have a relationship with him um, and he loves them regardless of how well they do that um, and loves all people that he created but that uh, often there's uh, you, at least in in the, the biblical conception of God there's there's anger and disappointment and frustration um, with people who aren't doing the right thing yeah how is sin dealt with in, in Jewish tradition? Yes. Um, so there's uh, two, two, two ways in which a person can sin, right? You can sin in your behavior with another human being, and you can sin in, in your behavior and responsibilities towards God. Mm -hmm. So when you uh, sin against another human being, you have to reconcile it with that human being. There's nothing God can do for you mm -hmm. to make that better until you uh, reconcile with that person, that you have to apologize to them. Um, they should forgive you. Um, there's an idea of if you try to apologize sincerely at a certain amount of times and they don't, still don't forgive you, then it's on them. So mm -hmm. there's, there's all these ideas about that, but it's totally between the two people to, to reconcile. In terms of sins uh, with a human being and God, um, that is dealt with, um, with uh, repenting. Repentance is a concept called tshuva. It means like return is what it literally means. Mm -hmm. um, it means returning to your, to your true essence, which is observing the mitzvot, uh, commandments, being close and having a relationship with God. So returning to that, to trying to change your behavior, be a better person, be better to other people, be a better Jew, be... Yeah. Um, and then there's also Yom Kippur, um, which is the one day of the year where we, after we've done this process of reconciling with other people and uh, repenting for our sins against God, then we have this day that um, is a day of, of cleansing um, and being able to have a, a blank slate. Um, one other thing that is not exactly on this topic, but... I feel like it was important to say from other questions you asked me is that um, I had mentioned Judaism doesn't proselytize, mm -hmm. um, but also I think something that makes Judaism unique, um, and certainly from Christianity, um, is the idea that you don't have to be um, Jewish to, to be doing the right thing or to have a place in the world to come mm -hmm. in, in whatever that means, heaven or yeah. um, the messianic age, whatever, uh, that there's something called the seven Noahide laws, which are the seven laws that um, a non-Jewish person um, should observe. Mm -hmm. So Jews have to do 613 commandments. 
Nanju is just seven to be a good person. <laughs> so there's a there's a place for other people that there's no, we don't think that you have to be Jewish to live a righteous life. Yeah. Um, you just have to do these basic things. Um, yeah. So I yeah. thought that was important to say because it, yeah, it seemed like it came up. Yeah. One more question. Okay. Yeah. Quick. Okay. <laughs> Are we essentially good? The Jewish understanding of, of human nature, does it say we are good? Yeah, I think, I think, oh, I would say if, if I had to answer yes or no, I'd say yes. I would say that we, there's understanding that there is a, um, what we would call like the good inclination and the, and the evil inclination in mm -hmm. every human being. So every human being has the desire to, to, to distance from God, to do the wrong things, um, to do things that are uh, just for their own pleasure or benefit um and that needs to be uh controlled that that should be something that you that you work on that you that you work to be a better person that you try to overcome that and that god appreciates that work of like especially when you have a desire for something resisting mm -hmm. and um and 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 that self-work but i think our general nature our nature is to want to be close to god to mm -hmm. want to do the right thing yeah. if i had to choose one that was our nature i would say that and then i would say there's also this piece of mm -hmm. this evil inclination to do the wrong thing mm -hmm. But um, our nature wants to be close to God, wants to be doing the right thing. Yeah, I agree. Thank you, Phil. <laughs> I really appreciate your time. Oh, you're very welcome. It's been talking to you. Yeah, thank you so much.